0: There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from that toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet, no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. That was Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 11. We are so grateful that our ninth grade students could read our scripture lesson over us today. Our students meet every Wednesday night in the room that I'm sitting in with the backdrop that is behind me. And while it's not the big sanctuary that we're used to on Sunday mornings, it is still very much a sanctuary. This room, Anderson Hall is the very first sanctuary that members of CPC ever gathered in to worship God and live in community with each other. So whether we are here or in the big sanctuary or in our homes, we still are gathering. We are still the church and we still live in community with each other. Let's pray as we dive into the sermon this morning. Holy and loving God, you are in our midst, regardless of where we are. We are still the church, regardless of whether or not we are in the same building. Lord, I pray that you would use your word and these words to speak truth and love and grace into our lives. I pray that you would draw us near to you, that you would bind us together That we would have unity in you and with each other in your name we pray amen imagine gaining it all by the world's standards and still feeling like there has to be more from where most of us sit right now that thought we really can't even fathom gaining the c-suite or top of the class or captain of the team has got to be it, right? No one who gets to that level or is that good at something wants more, right? Because they've accomplished it. They've reached the top. They've gotten there. Well, one of the best athletes in the world says otherwise. He had the audacity to ask the question, why do I have three out of his six Super Bowl rings and still feel like there's more out there for me. He continued saying, there's gotta be more than this. This can't be all it's cracked up to be. What else is there for me? When Tom Brady said this in 2005 to 60 Minutes, people were shocked. How could a top athlete question his meaning and purpose after achieving so much? He's at the top. He's got the talent, the fame, fortune, prestige, and power. How could he still be looking for more? In a 2019 interview with The Guardian, a London-based newspaper, Taylor Swift said that she was totally broken. Every domino fell, referring to her 2016 break from music. What? But, but she has it all. She performs for sold-out crowds. She's one of the best recording artists in the world. And she said that she was lost? That she was broken and empty? I, I thought meaning and purpose was found at the top. Could it be that achievement doesn't lead to lasting meaning and purpose? In our current reality, our addiction to achieving and building and doing it all and man-made success has come to a screeching halt. There are no defined finish lines right now. And for a lot of us, that creates a lot of tension within our lives. The author of Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, which our ninth graders read so beautifully, is King Solomon, and he knows exactly how we feel. He asked those same questions about his meaning and purpose after achieving a lot. He was his generation's Tom Brady and Taylor Swift. King Solomon had wisdom and power, riches, honor, and reputation tenfold over everyone else. He even had God's favor fully upon him. But Solomon had taken the wisdom and wealth that God had given him and attempted to satisfy his soul, to find meaning and purpose outside a relationship with God. So when he got to the end of his life, he struggled desperately with what meaning and purpose life held. Imagine gaining it all by the world's standards and still feeling like there has to be more. He experienced such hopelessness after he realized that all his effort, energy, and work for what he thought would fulfill him instead turned up empty. He exclaims in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 2 that everything is meaningless. Everything is vanity. The Hebrew word used for meaningless is hevel, and it means vapor or breath. He was working through a major life crisis. His achievements didn't add up to lasting meaning. All the money, prestige, intelligence and honor didn't satisfy his soul. It was just a vapor. So he ultimately decided that putting your confidence in your own efforts, abilities and righteousness was meaningless. And he came to the conclusion that achieving something wasn't the answer but surrendering to someone was. Having a relationship with God was the only way to find true meaning in life. God was the only reason for living. King Solomon wanted to spare future generations from experiencing the bitterness of learning through their own experiences that life is meaningless apart from God. So he wrote Ecclesiastes. In today's world, I believe that he would have looked at many of us and asked us, since you can't do what you usually do right now, do you still feel like life has meaning and purpose? Or do you think there might be more? Now that you've had time to slow down a little bit, do you see what's missing? Have you taken the gifts that God gave you and used them to try and satisfy your soul through achieving rather than surrendering to a relationship with him? And I believe that he would lead us straight to our text for today, one of the most well-known poems in the world to religious and non-religious alike. How many of you have heard these verses or some variation of them at some point in your life? My parents are children of the 60s, and like most parents, introduced my sister and me to their favorite songs from that time. The song Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds, based on Ecclesiastes 3, was played multiple times on long car trips, and every single time, my dad would turn up the radio and sing at the top of his lungs. I believe Solomon would have taken us here to show us that true meaning and purpose can be found during any season through a relationship with God and participating with God in his work in the world. Our deepest longings will never be satisfied until we come to a personal knowledge and live in a personal relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ. So Solomon wrote a poem to help us understand that in all circumstances, in whatever season we find ourselves in, God is already there. He is working and he invites us to participate with him. And that's where we find true meaning and purpose. This poem is broken down into pairs. Each pair is a form of merism, an ancient figure of speech in which two polarities— make up a whole. For example, there is a time to be born and a time to die. That makes up the whole of human existence. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, which summarizes the full range of human emotion. There is something comprehensive in each pair. H.C. Leopold said that each pair covers the widest possible range and thus practically every aspect of human life. It's in everyday living where we see this played out. That's where God meets us. That's where God transforms us. When our striving and our efforts cease, this is where we find him waiting for us in the different seasons of life. I have struggled lately with the fact that there are no defined finish lines right now. I've, I've felt lost and wrestled with how I'm contributing to purpose and meaning in my life when I can't go anywhere or do what I usually do. I've put so much of my identity in my work, and now I can't do it in the way that I've always done. And God is trying to help me understand that it's not about my achievements, but about surrendering to him during this season. He brings meaning and purpose to and from my life. The invitation from God found in the first eight verses of Ecclesiastes 3 is to firmly believe that meaning is found in every season of life because God's purpose, and plan for that season is present. We are invited to surrender to the one who is in control. We are invited to surrender our efforts, what we are building, to surrender our attitudes, our ideals of what was, what should have been, and what can be to the hands of the creator. We don't just decide to surrender once in a lifetime. Because following Jesus involves small, daily decisions of surrender. We surrender and choose to ground our lives in him, his teaching, his character, and to grow from that place, living a life that reflects him in all areas. That's where we find lasting meaning and purpose. Some seasons will require a lot of faith, Trust that he's continuing to move and work even when we can't see him or feel it. The first couple verses of Ecclesiastes 3 talks about the sovereignty of God in every season. The sovereignty of God means that he's in control. Everything that comes into the world passes through his hands first. That's where I get stuck sometimes. That's where I question too. So, death, pandemics, hardships, job losses, all of that goes through his hands first, and he doesn't stop it. God doesn't cause the problems of the world. He's not trying to wreak havoc in our lives. That's just not his character. This isn't karma or punishment. I know that some of you have gone through or are going through heart-wrenching seasons in life. And it is hard to hear when you're in that place that God is sovereign. Those hard times can cause a lot of doubt, questioning. They can even cause you to walk away from your faith completely. And if that's where you find yourself today, I want you to know that God is still pursuing you. He's okay with your questions. He doesn't abandon you because of your doubts. He doesn't walk away from you for acting human. He continues to call you to trust in him, even when facing things that seem to contradict his plan. Those seasons don't have to be barriers to believing in him, but rather opportunities to discover that without him, life's problems have no lasting solutions. Times and seasons are a regular part of life. Birth and death, tearing down and building up, keeping something and throwing something else away, war and peace. There are seasons and times for everything, and God is in control of it all. The world is broken. It is full of sin. We will experience seasons of joy and seasons of pain. Jesus said himself that in the world we will have many troubles, but to take heart because he has overcome the world. Hard seasons do not require more of our efforts and our achievement to get through them. They require surrendering control to him who already has it. What does surrender in your life look like for you right now? Have you surrendered who you are, what you're about, what you do to God? Or, Are you continuing to commit to your own efforts, your own abilities to try and find meaning and purpose to get through this? True meaning and purpose is only found in a relationship with God and participating with God in his work in the world, even during a pandemic. Our commitment class students have been learning that all year. They have listened to speakers and had small group discussions around Jesus, his ways, and his kingdom. Every week they've heard that Jesus wants a relationship with them, that God is faithful, and that God is with them. And now, in a season of chaos and uncertainty, what they've learned about trusting in Jesus and surrendering their lives to him is made real. This season is forcing them to decide if they're going to live it out every day. If they're going to trust God with this season or if they're going to trust in their own effort, energy, and work to get through it, to find meaning and purpose. In this season of almost, in a season of what should have been, in a season of rearranging, will you continue to look to Jesus, to trust that he is in the midst of everyday life, no matter what it brings? These verses in Ecclesiastes will play out in your life with or without Jesus because that is the reality of the world that we live in. Don't let the emotions we experience in certain circumstances dictate whether or not you believe him, whether or not you surrender to him and trust in him. Build your foundation on his character, his word, and in his community. You will find meaning and purpose every day, no matter what that day brings, if you are walking with him. He knows you intimately, he created you intentionally, and he loves you immensely. CC students, we know that finishing commitment class virtually and celebrating commitment class Sunday through a screen is not what you or your family had envisioned. There is loss in that. But God is not any less present. Your commitment to Jesus and to this church, and more importantly, his commitment to you, means you can face every situation through the power of the Holy Spirit and that every situation matters to God. If you let him and work with him, God will shape and give meaning to the way you think, the way you act, the way you talk, what you do and how you do it. Not when you're 40, not after you graduate, but right now, today. He gives us meaning and purpose, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or the middle of a school day or the middle of a vacation. Build your life on him. Let him in. Trust in his timing, trust in his seasons. Solomon said that confidence in your own efforts, abilities, and righteousness is meaningless. A relationship with God is the only way to find true meaning and purpose. God promises us in verse 11 that he will take everything and make it beautiful. That is Solomon's final and most colorful point in his famous poem. God is in the business of making all things beautiful. This is the resurrection story. The work that God is doing in the world in every season and at every time is bringing life and restoring all things back to himself. He uses all of it. Every season, every situation, every gift, every failure, every ending, every part of work, every relationship, every success, every mistake every loss, every beginning. He brings us through seasons of uprooting and planting, building up and tearing down, and promises to make all of it beautiful if we surrender it to him. He is all about resurrection and reconciliation. It seems like it would be easy to think that we don't have much purpose during this time. That this time doesn't really matter. It doesn't really have an impact on the kingdom of God. And that God is just waiting, just like us, for this to end and to go back to normal. But we can't go back the way we came. A pre-pandemic life doesn't exist anymore. We can't keep our focus on the past. We must look forward. What will continue to matter to us once we are released from our current situation? Solomon was screaming at the top of his lungs for for us to understand and to see that what really matters is a relationship with the living God. Apart from God, life is meaningless. Apart from him, there are no lasting solutions to our problems true meaning and purpose doesn't come from the top of the ladder or being the best in the class or winning the game or getting the ring. It comes from following God and participating with him in his work in the world. What do you think Solomon would point to specifically in your life right now? Where would he use this poem to speak to you? Is there something that needs to be uprooted in order to surrender to God? Is there something that needs to be mended in order to see new perspective in how God might work in your life? Does something need to be kept or thrown away in order to clear a path for God to move in your life? Could God be working even in the midst of grief and mourning so that one day you will see beauty And dance again? How we spend our days is how we spend our lives, Annie Dillard says. God is in all of the everyday situations we experience. God has the power to make everything, everything beautiful. There is not one season, one experience, one situation or facet of life that He cannot heal, restore, resurrect, reconcile, release, or restore. In light of that truth, do you still want to live through your own efforts, abilities, and energies, trying to reach for the top, hoping it will provide meaning and purpose? Or do you believe Solomon? Achievement isn't the answer, but surrender is. True meaning and purpose are found during any season through a relationship with God and participating with him in his work in the world. Let's pray. God, it is true. You are in the business of reconciliation. You are in the business of resurrection. You can take all things and make it beautiful. And so, Lord, I pray that we would build our life in your truth, your character, your word, and your community. And, Lord God, that we would be willing to surrender to you all of the ideals, all of the striving, all of the energies we put forth to try and find and make meaning and purpose on our own. Lord God, may we surrender to you And find that in you, we have lasting meaning and purpose. In your name we pray. Amen.